Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. Oh, I'm so excited to have my longtime friend, Tim Wheat, with me on the podcast today. Tim and I first met when I was only, oh, I'd say 20, yeah, 20 years old when I arrived on the campus of Union University as a transfer student way back in 1990. And Tim was the campus minister at Union, and he was one of the many wonderful faculty and administration, one of the many wonderful people there at Union and I had a fantastic experience at that school, as I've mentioned before, on the podcast. And Tim was a big part of that as he provided spiritual guidance for the students on campus. And so, Tim, welcome to Sound of Truth Podcast. Hey, Brett. Thanks so much, man. That only means that I have stories, that if this doesn't really go as well as we want, I'll start throwing in some stories from back in the day and maybe even embellish some, too, just to increase the uh, audience or uh, listener participation. There you go. Well, hey, I've got some stories on you too, so you got to be careful what you say. You know That, that is so true. Okay. All when right. you spend See that you. many hours in a what, 12 passenger van or however big that thing was going from Jackson, Tennessee to Savannah, Georgia and back in a week in a mission trip, you kind of get to know each other. So I appreciated you that, leading us on that trip. That was a lot of fun. That is the trip uh, that there are many vivid memories of that our experience together that we that we were there so yes uh we'll we'll just stay true to the intent of this podcast today how about that that sounds great now you met one of my classmates while you were in campus ministry and you led her down the aisle uh, to the altar and committed your life to her uh, and you guys have been happily married how many years now mark will be 31 years and yeah 23 that's right. You may not remember this because you were probably just all starry-eyed watching Melody come out, but I was at your wedding. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I I actually do remember that you were there at the wedding, you and several hundred other students that were there, and uh, it was a it was a special time for for me for us. So I, I appreciate you being there. Oh, that was great. Now you have three. You had three kids together through the years. They're they're all grown up now, right? Yeah, these uh, I have three daughters, and uh, the older two are married. Uh, and then, as of five months ago, yesterday, the middle daughter gave us our first grandchild, a granddaughter. So I am now in that season, that phase of life, uh, and will be known as when she's able to talk as Buddy. So uh, we're <laughs> we're having a great time. Congratulations! Uh, that is so and, awesome. So after you left campus ministry up to today, give me just the 30 second. You've been a pastor. You've been a denominational missionary leader. Yeah. Yeah. I've had uh, a life that's filled with a lot of different experiences. I'm uh, apostolic or slash entrepreneurial at heart. So it's usually the Lord has led me to start or create new either roles, positions, or responsibilities. So I have served as a as a student minister, and that was the first kind of student minister in the church, campus minister there at Union, uh, church planter, executive pastor. Uh, I went to uh, church as a senior pastor, and I was the second uh, pastor at that church, and then uh, have served in other uh, positions, created a church planning residency at a church, and then went to the North American Mission Board, and 
as we were creating the SEND network at that point, and that was a few years ago, and then um, has served as a mission and evangelism pastor as well. So lots of lots of different experiences. And your current role is? So I am currently with the SEND network of the North American Mission Board, and I oversee it's a new initiative or a new um, ministry focus that I oversee soul care and spiritual formation for the SIN Network personnel. And in a nutshell, the SIN Network is what? The SIN Network is the church planting arm of the Southern Baptist North American Mission Board. And so our whole focus is to come alongside of churches to help churches identify and grow up and develop. And then we provide resources and training to help start new churches all across North America uh, every year. That's wonderful. Well, my friend, I don't know if I've ever heard you give your testimony to tell your story going back to childhood and then up until you know your adult years, your spiritual yeah. formation in particular. Would you mind sharing that here on Sound of Truth? Sure, would love to, and appreciate the even the opportunity to, to share it because when you when you share it, it just kind of you relive some of the experiences that happen, and it's, that's always meaningful. So I uh, was born and raised uh, in South Carolina. I was the fourth of five children, and uh, I share this. So when I share this story, is I was in church at negative nine months old, and so I had two. Um, uh, my parents were both uh, people of faith, and uh, church was a part of the rhythm of our life. Mm-hmm. And so, um, just uh, was in Sunday school from day one, and church uh, day one. And then, when I was uh, ten years old, the uh, man, I I just had loved Jesus, but I had a Sunday school teacher, Miss Vivian who shared the story of Jesus dying on the cross, which as, you know, a 10-year-old, I've heard that in various places and various ways, but that's when the Holy Spirit really spoke to my heart. And uh, the reality of him, quote, dying on the cross for me, uh, I, I still can remember the emotions of how that shook me. And then she went on to tell the story. Now, this is, you know, that you have to receive his gift of forgiveness and ask for the forgiveness of your sins and ask him to be the leader or the Lord of your life. All those words that we know for those of us who come from a church background. So I went home and in the room by, by myself in my bedroom, not really knowing all the right words or I just knew what she had said. So I, that's where in my room by myself, I said, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for any sins that I've done. And, you know, ask for his forgiveness, and I want to receive him, and I ask him to be the leader of my life. And so I, you know, was just there by myself. And then later on, I didn't even tell really my parents or anything. It was the next week at church where, in those days, and many churches still do this, they give you an opportunity at the end of the of a worship service where you respond. You walk walk down an aisle and you tell a pastor or a leader um, a decision. So I'm sitting in church with my mom and dad and my siblings, and I get out from that little pew and I walk down there. So they had no idea uh, what was taking place, but that's where I shared uh, about what I prayed the week before. And then um, some weeks later, uh, we all celebrated that. The pastor actually came and visited me in my home uh, uh, probably the next week. And so we talked through it all. He just needed to 
you know, wanted to make sure that I understood. And of course, my mom and dad were in that uh, conversation. And then some weeks later, I was baptized at Grace Baptist Church in Sumter, South Carolina. Hey, from there, just to make it short, but uh, I just happened to be one of those kids that uh, was a good kid. Uh, Thankful for the favor of God on my life, but I went on to Sunday school and church, and then probably I was a fairly shy kid, so I didn't really do student or youth ministry back in the day until I was uh, a ninth grader and had some friends invite me to go to youth group. We had a new pastor. He had a son who was also in the ninth grade, and I kind of liked this guy, and I thought he and his older brother seemed kind of cool, so I started going to youth group, and that changed everything. I uh, had a a group of friends that came from that, that, uh, and just we just loved what what was taking place in our church. I was involved in sports and athletics at a a school, and so uh, my life was just really, really wonderful. And God was doing a great work. And then uh, my um, sophomore year, I felt a sense that God calling me into ministry. I didn't even really know what that meant, but that's where I felt the sense of he wanted me to be a preacher. And honestly, I said, no way. I did not want to be the preacher. And I, I rationalized <laughs> with God and said, I'll, I'll be the best Sunday school teacher. I'll be the best deacon but uh, I just didn't see myself being a preacher. So the short story of it is that over the next two years, uh, my family ended up moving um, Mm. for, I mean, moving states. Uh, So my junior year in high school, we moved to Tennessee, and um, that was a part of God kind of shaking me a little bit. I got involved in a church there, had a wonderful student minister who started investing in my life, what, what town still, or community, Tim, in Tennessee? Yeah, that was in Lexington, uh, Lexington, Tennessee. So right outside of Jackson, Tennessee, the West Tennessee area. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad had made a job change. So that's what moved us. Um, and we were just there one year. And then my senior year, my dad's from Arkansas. So my senior year in high school, he we made another move. And we built a Sonic drive-in in Piggott, Arkansas. Now imagine that. You moved to your senior year in high school. It's supposed to be the year you moved to a town called Piggott, Arkansas. <laughs> so it, it was like, what is going on? But well, at uh, least you had the potential to be pretty popular out of the gate. You're building a brand new Sonic, right? Oh, wow. That, you know. That's exactly right. There was like, uh, that was a big deal for that little small community. And again, God was orchestrating events because there was a, a new pastor that came to the First Baptist Church there. Uh, he had a daughter that was my same age, and so we became friends. But that pastor recognized in my life that God was, was calling me. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I wasn't rebelling against God. I stayed involved in church. I, I was a good kid, but I was resisting God. Mm-hmm. And, um at uh, so at the end of my senior year in, in high school, graduated and uh, went on to Union University. And about the first month of school, we have a campus wide revival at Union. And that's when, uh, in the midst of that revival, where I recognized, you know what, I've been running quote from God. And um, I, I found out by being at a school like Union that, you know, you can have. 
forgive the language here, but this is an 18 year old talking, you know, that you can still be cool and be in ministry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was really what was, uh, kind of the turning point for me is that God's got a better plan and a better path that I need to walk down and, uh, I, I can be who I am. And so that's when I quote fully surrendered, uh, to ministry and started pursuing that as my vocation. Now, if we could back up just a tad in this story, I'd like to know why union, uh, when I was an 18 year old getting out of high school, I'd never even heard of Union University. It wasn't until my sophomore year of college at Southern Illinois University that I even heard of Union, and then I ended up wanting to go there and went there for my last two years. But was mm-hmm. it because you'd already been close to Jackson before and you knew about it, or what What was the deal there? Yeah, that's uh, a great question. If, if, if I think back to that time of what prompted it, there's probably two or three factors. First of all, I did know when my junior year in high school, uh, the, the guy that became my best bud uh, was a year older than me. And so uh, Mark uh, graduated high school, and then he went on to Union. So he okay. was there. So I, I knew somebody was there. Um, I, I played basketball, and I really thought that I was going to try to get a scholarship. And so I had an opportunity to play junior college ball, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't uh, want to go to a two-year school and move again since we'd moved so much. Mm-hmm. So I passed on that. And then a lot of the folks that I graduated with were going on to uh, a state school close by Arkansas State. And so I really considered that. But honestly, the, the real factor was man, the Holy Spirit just wasn't letting me make that decision. I didn't have a piece about it. And so Union started, you know, I met with them and they offered a lot of scholarships. Mm-hmm. And I saw them, you know, that the scholarships being offered and paying for my school in some ways that. I didn't know how I was going to afford school, and my parents were, we, we were not uh, well off at all. We were uh, definitely a blue-collar family and making ends meet. So um, it just seemed like the Spirit was leading me. I didn't know at the time that you know, I would call it the Spirit, but God was orchestrating things, and I had a peace, and the, things worked out. And then my pastor also was a, str- a strong voice of encouragement because he had gone to Union years and years ago. Great. So you went to Union. At this point in time, you're like, okay, Lord— I'm kind of putting up the white flag when it comes to this concept of vocational ministry. And yeah. so did you major in back then, you know, even when I was at union, I majored in religion. That that's such a yeah. funny way to put it. Right. I'm looking up right now here in my office on the, on my degree on the wall, bachelor of arts in religion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was the same. Yep. That's exactly what I did too. I, uh, I shifted my, uh, my major to religion. And let, let me just say this as a, as a part of this, uh, my dad, when I shared that, it was very difficult for him. Mm. And it really threw me for a loop because I, I could tell he got real quiet and, and just basically kind of left the conversation and wasn't sure what was going on. Then I asked my mom about that later on. And, and this is the story, uh, may have some relevance here in a little bit. My mom said when they first got married, my dad felt called into ministry. Now, this is rural Arkansas mm. and, you know, hard times. And so my dad did a little preaching, but the little country church couldn't afford to even pay them anything. Yeah. And, you know, they'd bring them chickens and stuff like that. But even that was really, really hard. And so my dad, he, you know, he just, he got hurt through that. Mm-hmm. And although he, 
made sure that we went to church as he, you know, had kids coming along and everything. My dad was only occasionally attend church. Okay. So when I shared this decision, he, like I said, that's his reaction. And she told me that he just, he didn't want the same thing to happen to me that happened to him. Mm-hmm. So he didn't know how to react. He didn't want to discourage me, but he also didn't want to affirm that. So um, the end of that story is about um, I don't know, a month or so later, the pastor of our church, knowing that I'd made this decision, said, hey, I want you to preach on a Sunday night. So i like, oh, my goodness, that's the last thing I ever thought about. So I preached a whopping 12-minute sermon. <laughs> yeah. People loved it. And listen to this. This is so. This is so bad. I still remember the title of that sermon. My very first sermon, eighteen years old, and it was on the sins of Saturday night. <laughs> oh, that's great! <laughs> oh, uh, because I had a lot of buddies that came to church on Sunday, but I knew what they were doing on Saturday night, <laughs> and. Uh, I felt it was my responsibility to say the word of God says, and so uh, it you probably didn't pull any punches, powerful. did you? Oh no! But my dad came down the aisle during that invitation. Really? Time. And yeah, it's so emotional as I'm thinking about it right now. He just loved me and, oh. and hugged me and said, um, "You're doing what God's called you to do, and I believe in you." Oh wow! What a gift! Yeah. Is your dad yeah. still around? My dad passed away about 12 years ago. Okay, and, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah. But he, um, what a sweet memory for he, you to hold on to, right? Uh, yes, it, and and uh, he was uh, my biggest, you know, supporter and encourager. And my dad was of the the old school. He was a little tough and hard at times uh, on us, uh, and that's putting it likely. I mean, he he we had to toe the line in the house. But as he aged uh, and matured, uh, you know, he moved into a, a different type of role uh, with me and was, you know, a real believer in what God has called me to do and affirmed it time and time again in various ways. So I'm thankful for the, for the gift of that through the years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's great. So you majored in religion like me. I think they've, and I'm thankful about this. They've changed the name of that some years ago. Yeah. yeah Christian right. studies or something like that. Now, right. So. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you went to New Orleans Seminary. I did. Graduated uh, from Union and for the, the different opportunities out there. And man, just felt like God was orchestrating things to down to New Orleans, which at the time I was the only one that I knew graduating from my class that was going down there. Everybody else was heading to some of the other seminaries. Mm-hmm. But I got down there and found that a guy that had graduated the year before was down there. And there was another guy that I didn't know real well from Union that uh, was there. And then he, he was actually my roommate. He graduated from Union a couple of years before that, before I did. But we had become really good friends. And he and I went down there together. And yeah. so um, that was a great time. I loved, I loved my seminary years, especially at New Orleans. So, and then after seminary, is that when you came back to Union to serve on camp, in campus ministry? My first role out of seminary was I uh, went to Gadsden, Alabama. And that's where I was a student minister. Okay. Um, first one, it was a church of a few hundred people, but they primarily had a recreation minister who did some student ministry. So they shifted the role and asked me to come and really lead an, an emphasis in ministry towards students. And okay. so that's what I did. was there for about two and a half years. 
And then uh, that's when I went to, to Union after that as a campus minister. And now we've come full, full circle, haven't we? Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your story, Tim. It's always here, great to hear the, the grace of God and how it is connected in a person's life. Your story, by the way, on a timeline is very similar to mine. I was first baptized at 10 and a half years old. I prayed to receive Christ at that time. But honestly, this is where I think maybe our stories differ. I'm pretty sure at 15 or 16 was when I was truly converted. Um, mm. And then shortly after that, when I was 16 years old, I started struggling with this call to vocational ministry to, to preach. Mm-hmm. Same age as you for that. And then 18 years old, first sermon, same as you. Freshman year yeah. of college. I, in fact, same semester. It wasn't a revival. I was out in Odessa, Texas, believe it or not, and in oh, junior wow. college there, but very active in the Baptist student ministry there. And it was in early December that I uh, went forward in our First Baptist Church of Odessa, uh, Texas, and and surrendered to the ministry was the phrase we used back then. And I always like to remind our listeners, that's not great biblical language. All, right. Christ, all Christians are called in the ministry. All Christians are in the ministry. So I like to say vocational ministry. I like right. to say that we're called to a vocational equipping role, if we're going to use Ephesians 4 language. So, mm. But um, yeah, and then I preached my first sermon on January 1st, 1989, when I was back home in Southern Illinois visiting from Texas. I was now back home visiting at a... And I do remember the same the the name of my first sermon as well, and it was "Share yeah. Jesus Now." Share Jesus Now with a <laughs> Romans one sixteen as my launch pad into yeah. uh, twenty five minutes of oh. nervous well, you preaching. Much, you, you had a much more palatable or uh, probably much more biblical you know title and focus than mine. I, I I don't know what was in me. I didn't know what in the world I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That sounds pretty exciting. That would I think it would draw me in more than my title. You know, right. if I were going to say, well, should I listen to this guy tonight? Oh, wow. He's going to talk about sa- the sins of Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty cool. So yeah. well, it's been awesome uh, hearing your story, Tim, and want to invite you to come back and share some more with us. And then I think our next episode, in fact, we're going to talk to you about you got to experience, you know, you mentioned a revival on the campus of Union University that first year. That was a scheduled planned revival. Right. Which I've been teaching our people here at Harvest Jacksonville that we what we really want to have is the unplanned, unscheduled, God-sent revival. Absolutely and that's right. what apparently has occurred in uh, Kentucky this past month. We're recording here on March 1st, but go back a few weeks ago in February. And unplanned, in a surprising way, the Lord poured out His Spirit at yeah. the uh, chapel there at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. And you got to go to, actually, you traveled there and got to experience that. So... We're going to invite you to come back and do another episode talking about that, Tim. So Would love to, man. Hey, thanks so much for uh, for having me on this episode. And everybody's got a story. And yes. I, I love to hear the stories of people. So thanks for allowing me to share my story. And, and just grateful for the, the grace and the goodness of God to write out some pretty cool stories in people's lives. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.